Hello, hello. What is up, you guys? Hope you guys had a happy Easter. First off, he is risen. The tomb is empty. Uh, so happy belated Easter. I hope you guys had a great, great holiday. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, my fit kind of too cold today. <laughs> a girl looking kind of kind of too fitted up uh, for, for this little episode right here. I was... Um, filming a video for a collaboration I did with a with a brand for like a bag that they sent me and I put this fit on and I said oh yeah this is it <laughs> so if you're watching on YouTube like let me know how the fit looks because I personally love it we got we got a, a vintage moto jacket on top cropped with these uh with these industrial Carhartt uh vintage pants they're men's size. There may or may not be a shoelace that is holding it together. And these vintage diesel boots that I got uh, for like 40 bucks at a flea market and some glasses from a gas station, which I'm going to take the glasses off. I know it's distracting, but this ring light is just like the ring light is just kind of crazy. And I feel like I'm not giving. Y'all hear that? OK, Google. Stop. My, my Google just decided to play music right now. Um, but anyways, sorry for, for the lag. We're just talking today. Uh, <laughs> hi, you guys. What is up? Uh, hope you guys had a great Easter. Like I just said, um, hope the holiday was amazing and fruitful. My name is Emmy Moore, and this is the podcast Saved Not Soft, a Christian podcast where we talk about all things Christianity, how to navigate your walk with Jesus, and what it's like to be a Christian. Because you know, it's called saved, not, wait, yeah, it's called saved, not soft for a reason, because this is, this is a hard journey, it's not soft, it's not something that's just like, okay, I'm, I'm saved and holy and sanctified, now, everything is going to be butterflies and rainbows and lollipops, and, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily work like that, so how can we navigate, um, our walk with Jesus when things may see, seem unclear, and I'm very excited to talk about, let me take these glasses off. I'm very excited to talk about this particular topic today, just because it ties into what we were talking about last week. And we were talking about faith over feelings last week, how we shouldn't rely on our emotions and our feelings about how we make decisions, how we see the Lord, how we see other people, and how we even see ourselves. And with that being said, how does this affect our, our identity and uh, what what kind of inspired the topic of identity is one, I, I truly believe that everyone is going to struggle with identity some point in their life. <laughs> like my brother, Austin, he is eight years old. He is the most like innocent kid. <laughs> like, bro, he's my best friend. If you guys kind of have been following me for a while, you've, you've seen Austin and you know exactly who he is. But um. Austin is just such a kid, bro. Like, he loves to play with trains. Like, he he just he's just such like a like a kid, you know. He doesn't care about like girls or TikTok or nothing. He just likes to watch his trains. I mean, he's a little iPad kid. I will say that he he loves his iPad. But um, this kid just loves trains. He just loves going to like trampoline parks and playing outside and riding bikes and like he is amazing awesome and there there's a lot of eight-year-olds who aren't like that anymore which is kind of scary but with that being said uh Austin has been having an existential 
is that the word? Existential identity crisis, basically. And my man is eight. (laughs) And how this started was my mom took him on like a walk with like our dog and she told him, oh, you know what, bub, like, uh, I'm so sad that you have to grow up one day and, uh, and be a big boy. And Austin's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? She's like, yeah, you're going to grow up one day, like, like sissy and, and brother, and you're not going to be little anymore. And that scared the dog crap out of Austin. <laughs> so, so much to the point to where he has gaslit himself to not have a birthday this year because he doesn't want to get older. Um, he's eight, so, you know, he's going to do him. It doesn't change the fact that he's going to turn nine this year. But, uh, how I, how I came about this, I found out how this scared him so bad was, um, Austin's the type where he talks about things ahead of time, like months ahead of time. He's just like me. I plan, y'all, my birthday isn't until (laughs) August, and I already have my birthday trip planned, like the Airbnb booked in everything. And I booked that in, in March, it's April. So like five months in advance, Austin's the same way. He has his like birthday party planned out who he wants to come, what he wants his gifts, like ahead of time. Right. And so, um, I asked him, I was like, Hey, uh, what do you want to do for your birthday this year? He says, I don't want to talk about it. I was like, what? You love your birthday. Besides Christmas, that's your favorite holiday. Like, why don't you want to talk about your birthday? And he says, because mom scared me. I said, mom scared you? What do you, what do you mean? And he goes, uh, mom told me that I'm not going to be a little boy anymore. I said, oh, nah. <laughs> and bro presented me with the fear of I'm going to get older and I'm going to die one day. Like, he kind of found this out in the same day and is scarred by it. And what was so sad, y'all, is like while he's talking to me about this, he's like crying. Like, he's crying and, and telling me how he feels about or his fear about not getting about getting older and I'm just looking at him and I'm like dang like this is the truth like the truth of the matter is is like this is really how it is and so I asked him I was like like you don't want to grow up like you don't want to drive a car I mean I mean to give it a buck with y'all I would rather stay uh, a kid and not pay taxes and do adult things like my grandma had to owe $32,000 in taxes how does that even happen anyways I don't want to get older see I'm even scared too but I was like also you don't want to get older like you know and he's like well because I just like the way that I look right now <laughs> I said the way that you look and he said yeah I think I look really handsome right now I said well I always think you're gonna look handsome you know and he's like and I, and I just want to play toys like I, I always want to play with toys I always want to be a kid I don't I don't want to grow up I was like well that can't happen and he's like little tiny tears just going down his face as I'm telling him this and that's how I could see this is like a deep rooted fear and I then asked him, I said, where, like, where does this come from? You know, because it's not just like, oh, I'm getting older because he, he's had some sort of like recollect, recollection that like he has to get older at some point. And so I asked him, I said, do you feel like when you become older, you're not going to be special anymore? And he goes, yes. And that completely broke my heart. And I told him, I said, no matter how old you get, no matter how young you are, or no matter what you do, you're always going to be just as special, just as chosen, and just as called. And as I'm like looking how my eight-year-old brother is telling me how he's having this identity crisis and how he's scared to grow up and he's scared to change. Like he's telling me, I'm scared to change. I'm scared to grow up. I'm scared that everything's going to look different. 
that kind of made me like step back and be like, that literally sounds like all of us, (laughs) whether if you're an eight year old or not, is I am scared to grow up. I'm scared to change. I don't know what my life is going to look like. And I don't know if I'm still going to be special or not. And which brings me <laughs> to, the, to the topic of today, which is identity crisis. What do you do when you don't know who the heck you are or who, or who you're called to be? And my eight-year-old brother <laughs> is having a dang identity crisis right now, little bro. And uh, how, how do you find comfort in those hard questions? What's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Who am I? And we're, we're going to talk about how Jesus is the answer in, in this big question of who am I? What am I supposed to do? And I, I see that when it comes to identity, we see this reoccurring topic of, you know, who you are based off of your like occupation or what has happened to you or what you feel your problems, your successes, your emotions, your experiences, what we do for a living, like, these are all principles, quote unquote, into what what we use to identify ourselves. We identify ourselves with feelings, with emotions, with experiences, with our jobs, with how much money we make, with our problems, with what school we go to. And if you were to take all of that away, who are you? I really want you guys to ask yourself that. We can get kind of deep really quick. Who are you without all the things you identify yourself with? Without all the things. We should not identify with these things. Because without it, who are you? Who are you called to be? Not what are you called to do. First, who are you called to be? And uh, I see a lot of people nowadays uh, identify with titles. We talked about this in the Power of the Tongue. Identification even goes, uh, well, yeah, first of all, like what is identity? It's it's who you are. It's, hi, my name is Emmy Moore. I'm 21 years old. I'm from California. And that's me. That's me. And I'm a child of God. I'm the daughter of Christ. That is me, right? Everybody has an identity, but we then, as life just kind of goes on, we start to identify ourselves with different things. And when I talked about in the power of the tongue, I was talking, or watch your mouth, that's what the episode was called. When we talked in the episode of um, watch your mouth, we talked about how you shouldn't identify with things that you're proclaiming over your life. So saying like, I have anxiety. What are you doing when you do that? You're identifying yourself with anxiety. And when you identify yourself with it, you then become it and then you proclaim it over your life. So it's kind of like the same thing. We even do that like with, uh, I see people do this with jobs. Like uh, they'll say, oh, I'm a blah, blah, blah. Like title is what matters. You know, I'm a blah, 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 blah. When a title is what defines you, you know how many people got the same occupation as you? And even uh, people will identify themselves with experiences. I think that's the one I see the most with people will identify themselves with how they feel and what they've been through, their problems and their, um, and their successes as well. 
People will be on a high head horse. What? Is that high? On a... I don't think that's the right analogy. On a high horse. There we go. Uh, high head horse. People will be on a high horse about their successes and become really prideful. And, oh, because I did this, I deserve this. Or people who... I'm going to say poverty as one because I see this a lot too. A lot of people who have suffered through poverty will identify themselves with poverty and then because of that expect something out of it or a position or an experience like even people I see who have been assaulted or gone through things and they're a victim of that when someone asks who are you and you say oh I'm a victim of that breaks my heart y'all that we immediately go to a victim of instead of I am first called to be a child of God. Without all the problems and the things in your life that have happened to you, who are you without that? And, I, and I'm not trying to invalidate what people do for a living and what has happened in their lives because it is just as impactful. Uh, the standpoint I'm coming from is identifying with it. When we are called to be identified with God alone. That's the whole point of baptism. We just had Easter. And my church like baptized like a hundo people. It was freaking amazing. And when, when you get baptized, you are now identified with Christ. You become with one. When, when you get baptized, you identify with Christ. I urge you, please stop baptizing Things that are not Christ. Stop being baptized by things that aren't Christ. You, you, your identity doesn't belong in these things. Your identity belongs in God. And we know this because he created us in his image. I'm going too far. I know I skipped a whole bunch of my notes. I did. We are not called first to do. We are called first to be. Notice how I said uh, called first. We are called to do. Let's, let's acknowledge that we are called to do. We are called to make disciples and nations. We are called to serve. We are called to submit. We are called to love one another. Those are all actions, but first we are called to be. Because when you identify yourself with all of these things, like how I said, feelings, experiences, what you do, those are all actions. And, and a lot of people will will do all these actions first and have no idea who they are and what they're doing. And they're like, I don't know who I am. It's because you didn't be first before you went and did. So we are first called to be. What does it mean to be? Well, who are you? Because according to the Bible, you are a multitude of wonderful things. And as soon as you understand the identity that, that Christ has put over your life, you are then able to understand what you're actually supposed to do. Because a lot of people will just do things to hope that they find their identity in it. When you are called and appointed in your mother's womb, you are called and appointed. And according to the Bible... The Bible says, I'm chosen, Colossians uh, 3.12, therefore, as God's chosen people, I am his handiwork, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, 
which God prepared in advance for us to do. I am called from Romans 8, 28. And we all know that in all things, God works for, for, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, that I, we are the salt of the earth, Matthew 5, 13, uh, Romans 8, uh, 17, that I am the heir of Christ. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share his sufferings in order that we may also share his glory, I am a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore anyone who is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. That is who God calls us to be. Give you about like eight verses right there. You are, boom, you are chosen. You are called. You are made in my image. You are the salt of the earth. You are made brand new. When you leave that, I, that identity that has been falsely proclaimed over your life and you get baptized with me, you are then now a new creation and you identify with me. And now that I know who I am according to Christ, what do I do? Because that's, I don't even feel like I have much to elaborate on. That's literally what God says about who we are. And I names all these verses. You could go back and read and look them up. But this, this is what God calls us to be. That he has chosen us. We're his handiwork. We were first created in him. So we could what? Do good works. We are called according to his purpose. We are supporting ligaments. It talks about that in Ephesians 4, that uh, we are all supporting ligaments to build up the body of Christ, the Christ being, Christ being the head and us being the supporting ligaments of the body, all to work cohesively for, for the kingdom of God and for the body of Christ. If you think you lack importance, you're wrong. If you think you lack purpose, you're wrong. If you, if you think that you're nobody, if you think that nothing's one going to get better and two you don't deserve things or you, you don't have a home you don't have a family you're lost like you're wrong you're so wrong I'm not saying that to be harsh I'm saying this out of genuine love because God is continuously with us and being with God ain't lonely because it comes with three people <laughs> literally comes with three with three people it's not just god it's god jesus and the holy spirit you it's a, it's a three in one it's like a suave shampoo it's freaking great and i i just think that uh we need to remind ourselves first of who we are according to christ that he tells us over time and time again the bible is a love story it it starts and ends the same, but the stories in between is God searching and longing for us, his creation, his bride that he is reconnecting with, that he falls in love with over and over and over again. He is longing and searching for us and how he thinks about us, how he's, how he even enjoys us. I, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but like some of you guys need to hear that God enjoys you. God wants to, can we pause? I didn't even open up in prayer. 
can we pause right there? Put a pin in it. Let's pray. I don't know how I pray before my um my episodes like by myself and then I'll pray with you guys. Let's just drop everything and pray real quick. I'm so sorry. Let's just pray. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm so sorry. Dear Lord Jesus, we just come to you right now, God, and I just pray that whatever you have to say, God, that uh your truth is revealed that uh, we have ears to listen, that you use me, that you sharpen my tongue, that you give me confidence to speak. And uh, most of all, that the other person on the other side of the screen uh, is in a posture to receive what you have to say and receives the blessings uh, that you're ready to give them, Lord. Uh, we trust you. We love you, God. And uh, we just pray for miracles um, to start to be in the motion, God. We know that you are uh, you are the most amazing, lovable, um, just perfect, God. Thank you for enjoying us, and uh, as much as you enjoy us, we enjoy you, and we just invite you into wherever we're at, whether if it's a gym, a coffee shop, if I'm studying or in my room or getting ready, uh, we just want to hear your voice, and we're here to listen. We love you, Jesus, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm so sorry, I had to pray, I had to pray. It, It felt so empty, I was like, what am I missing? Prayer, God. I mean, he was here already, but like to actually, I I just like praying with y'all. Sorry. Um, what was I gonna say? Dot dot dot. Anyways, I don't know. Um, uh, I think we have all these questions though of who am I? What am I supposed to do? What's my purpose? The purpose question is a lot. There was this uh. There was this guy I talked to in in October, and one of the first questions, and I've never had a guy ask me this, just because, I don't know, like, it's hard to find sentimental men, I guess, and he asked me, he's like, what do you believe is your purpose? I was like, huh, I never had a guy ask me that before. Great question, right? So, I actually at least like sat and thought about it. I was like, my purpose. And I was like, okay, well, I've had dreams that God wants me to become a mom, that he, he wants me to, to minister to my family. He wants me to lead a, a really big group of women, like insanely big. Uh, I've, I've had dream like, I know I'm gonna be a mother. I know I'm gonna be a speaker. I'm a, I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. And I was like, purpose. What does that mean? Because people think that they'll identify purpose with what they do. And oh, I'm a mom, or I'm this. And in that moment, I thought, well, the Lord can give and take away. We read that in Job. How the Lord can give and take away. And I'm like, what if I was in a situation to where God gave me something, I I identified it with my purpose, and then he took it away. Who am I without that? And then I say, you know what? My purpose is to be in relationship with Jesus. And that's that. Nothing else matters. Like I kind of, I kind of went through everything and I was just like, it took me a minute to like respond back to homeboy. Cause I was really thinking about it. And I was like, huh, that is a very interesting question. Cause 
bro was saying like he want to do this and this and this and like oh I'm called to work with kids and with people and all this stuff and I was like dang like see God just took that to a different level because I I feel like or not I, I feel I know my purpose on this earth is to fully be in relationship with God and the rest will follow me being a mom me leading women me doing this podcast I didn't think I was going to be a podcaster last year. I don't like the way God moves just so quick. My my only job and my only purpose is to be in relationship with God. And the things that need to happen will follow because what am I going to do first? Seek the kingdom, not seek my purpose. It's not about me. It has everything to do with God. Because that's where I get my identity from. I don't know who the heck I would be without God. I'd have no idea. And in Genesis 1, 26 through 27, talks about how God says, For let us make mankind in our image. We talked about how we're not called first to do, we're called first to be. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Boom. Already. Be. He first calls you to be because he created you first. Let us make mankind in our image. Boom. Already gave you identity. You are already like me. I made you. You're like me. So you could what? So you may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. You need to be identified by Christ before you could do what he has called you to. And a lot of us will try to do all the things that he called us to, called us to. Like, you sure he called you to start that ministry? You sure he called you to date that boy? You sure he called you to to go on that trip with the girls to Miami and and y'all wasn't going to wear nothing scandalous, but oh, y'all did. Like, God God calls us to, to be first. Because you can't do any of this until you understand who you are. And you can't understand who you are until you understand who he is. Why is that? Simple. Because we're made in his image. Think of, um, I work in high school ministry and I use this analogy a lot with my kids, my sophomore girls. I love y'all so much. Like, I feel like I have children, y'all. I'm a 21-year-old woman, and I, and I swear I got kids. Like, they are my babies. I just love them so much. But an analogy I'll bring up, like, quite often to them is imagine you're a book, a bookshelf. <laughs> like, a bookshelf. A bookshelf cannot make another bookshelf. And it cannot make itself. Like, to build a bookshelf, it, it just doesn't like, okay, let me put myself together. It doesn't work like that. To build a bookshelf, there has to be someone externally outside of the bookshelf to build it. That knows how to build it. And that has the instruction manual. And what is the instruction manual? It's the directions from the creator. Do you catch what I'm throwing? When you build a bookshelf, it doesn't build itself. It is built and created by an external source. 
So how is a bookshelf going to define itself without the creator and without the instruction manual? Because you can't build a bookshelf without it. You're going to have slabs of wood and a lot of confusion. That was a fire analogy. Like every time God just uses it, I'm like, that's such a fire. It makes sense to me. If it doesn't make sense to y'all, I'm sorry. But it makes a lot of sense to me. It makes sense to my kids too. But a bookshelf cannot build itself. Just like how you cannot build your own identity. You are made in God's image. He is your creator. And you're that little bookshelf. You can't build yourself. You don't even know what, like, <laughs> like this bookshelf, like I'm, I'm pretending like the, the bookshelf is a person, but a bookshelf holds books. Ooh, books is full of what? Knowledge. Ooh, that's so good. Nah, this is a raw thought. This is just a raw thought. Okay, we're going to go off the bookshelf analogy. If the creator creates a bookshelf, we know that a bookshelf cannot create itself, has to be from an external source, and it would just be what? Slabs of wood with no importance, no knowing of what to do. But when the creator builds you, you then get appointed on what to do. Now you know, oh, since I'm a bookshelf, I get to hold books. I get to hold knowledge. What? Knowledge from what? My creator. Because he's the one placing the not. Nah. That's. If that clicked for y'all, that's so fire. Thank you, God, for that. You would never understand the function of what your creator has called you to do if you try to just build your identity through yourself. It's impossible. We're made in his image. We are so wonderfully made in his image. And that's where, where your identity lies. If you want to know who you are, you need to go talk to God. We're made in his image. I don't know who I am. Well, I know someone who knows exactly who they are. The man upstairs. And guess what? There's a whole book on it. So maybe I should crack that thing open instead of looking on TikTok and social media for hours, rotting my brain of other people telling me what my hobby should be, what job I should have, what relationship I should strive for. How, how about I just go to, to the one who has already called me chosen, appointed, his handiwork, a new creation. How about I go to the person who actually calls me out by name? Oh, God gonna go so dummy on this one. Like, oh, I just feel his power. I just feel his power. And a lot of people don't know what, what they want. And a lot of people don't know what to do. Because your your desires, I've noticed this even walking with Christ. Like, once I started walking with Christ, stuff that I never desired before, I... I started to desire because of Christ and stuff that I used to desire. I was just like, nah, like uh, very apparent how I used to smoke. I used to big part of my testimony. I used to smoke. It was terrible. Um, I used to love it. Actually, I loved smoke, smoking. It was great. <laughs> I, I used to have the time of my life. And then once I found Christ, he was just like, nah. And I was disgusted with the thought of it. I've even been around it like 
the past like year because I live in freaking California. You don't think people are walking to Bath and Body Works like puffing they what is it the something bar? I don't know. There's so many bars these days, but I I can't. I'm not even like infatuated by it. Like I have no desire to even touch it. And people have asked me like Emmy, like why won't you like you don't feel tempted to go back to that? How'd you just get rid of that addiction? And it's literally because it's not my desire. It is not mine at all. And it's not mine because it's not God's desire. Everything stems from him. It wasn't like, oh, this isn't my desire and God, you got to follow what I do. It was God being like, I don't like this mug. And me going like, I don't like this mug either. <laughs> like, that's how it works. And so a lot of people don't know what they want. And a lot of people don't know their desires because they don't know who they are. And they don't know who they are because they don't know who God is. That was a lot to unpack. That was a lot to unpack. A lot of people don't know what they want and what they desire because they don't know who they are. And they don't know who they are because they don't know God. I've seen that so many times. You cannot tell me I'm, I'm wrong on this because this is the Holy Spirit. If, if you don't have your identity in Christ, what are you building a foundation off of? Sand? Because we know how sand works. Like if you throw a, if you throw a rock on, on a beach, okay? Like sure, we'll stay on the top. But over time, not even a rock. If you were to stand on the beach... Okay, you could stand on top of the sand at the beach. Y'all been? Imagine if you were to stand there for like, I don't know, like a week. That sand would probably like, you would sink. It's not a firm foundation. If you were to place a rock on the beach, that sand could only support it for so long. You're going to go back a month later. Say you put, put a rock down at the beach and no one ever touches it. You're going to leave. You're going to come back. The rock going to be gone. You're not even going to see it. So when you're not getting your identity from God, you're building a foundation of something that's very sand-like. Because like how we talked about uh, last episode, is that when we rely on the truth that is firm, We know that Jesus is the truth. So when we start identifying ourselves with all these other things and people, occupations, problems, and successes, where do you think that's going to put you? You are called first to be, not to do. Remind yourself that you are chosen. Remind yourself that you are called that you are his handiwork, that you are made to serve, that you are made to glorify him, that you are made to do good works, that you are made a new creation. I don't, <laughs> like we're even called to, like how do you expect to find peace in anything outside of Christ? Real question. Everything here is temporary. Everything. Everything. And that's why whenever I was telling homeboy, like, nope, that's my purpose, is to be in relationship with God. Because I realized that 
no matter what I cling to here on earth, things gonna die. I'm just thinking right now, like, God's just kind of showing me a lot, and, uh, I wrote down John 14, 6 through 7. Also, let me sit up straight, because I'll be slouching in these episodes. Um, Jesus answers, uh, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. What do you think that means? Like, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Why do people hear that and then just like, like, uh, I got no idea what that means. He literally says, if you want to know who you are, come talk to me. If you want to know what your life looks like, come to me. I am, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Anything besides that is a foundation that is built off of sand. If you want to know who you are, go to God. Biggest encouragement out of out, out of everything I, I say today, th- this is what I'm going to point out is you need to go to God if you need to, if you want to know who you are. You do that by what? By reading scripture, by being in his presence, like so be in prayer. We're called to be first, be in prayer. Be in his presence. Read scripture. Please read scripture. Y'all are so mad. Oh, I don't want to read a book. I hate reading. I just hate it so much. I just can't read a book. There's too many words and I get cross-eyed. Like, you think, girl, you better get over yourself. I'm so sorry. I am tired of hearing the excuse of, oh, I just hate reading. I hated reading. Despised it. I absolutely, anything that requires like scholarly labor, like I hated it. Like school wasn't my jam. I mean, I did good because I felt like I common sensed it through my whole academic uh, living. But for the most part, I I did not like reading no books. I read the first sentence of each paragraph. I don't even read the whole thing. You got to read you like and even if you don't want to read thank goodness we live in an age where there's youtube and audible where they could read stuff to you or even where people put it in cartoon form like please let's not make excuses y'all be in his presence just like what we did in prayer lord i just invite you here when you're driving when i'm walking down the street i invite you in prayer speaking to him and by getting into community. Because other people who know who they are because they know Christ are going to motivate you and pour into you. You can't do this by yourself. God makes it very apparent about that. I'll talk about that in another episode because I will go down a complete different dive of how community is uh, so important. And how uh, you can't do things on your own. And no matter how much... How was this? No matter how much you think you know about God, there is a tactic from the enemy that he repetitively uses to call you by a false identity. And a lot of us fall for it. And the enemy's goal is to destroy us. And he does that 
by, or he tries to do it by giving us a false identity. When we agree to step into the false identity that the enemy has lured us into, we will never be called to do the things that God has called over our life because we're identified in the wrong thing. We see this in the garden. We see this in the garden. What is the first thing that Eve is tempted with? Her identity. And Satan's going to put a question mark somewhere where God put a period. It started off like this. Eve knew nothing but God. It was, it was great. She's like, oh, I got this nice old garden. I'm supposed to tend and keep care of it with my lovely husband, Adam. We're being fruitful. Like, Eve was having the time of her life. She knew nothing <laughs> outside of God. And God told her, you must not eat from this tree, period. Okay. She goes up to the snake, which a lot of you guys, look, I can we give Eve grace? Because Christians get so mad at Eve. Let's give, let's give Eve some grace because why would you go up to a serpent? He looked deceiving and scary. <laughs> you know, you know, it's normal for a snake to be in a garden. Sometimes the enemy will be places disguised to tell you something and to tell you someone that you're not. Just because it looks good and it's in the quote unquote right place doesn't mean it has the right motives. And the first thing Satan says is, for God knows that when you eat or the first, uh, yeah, he says for uh God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Oh, this is the first thing he said, I actually lied. Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? We see how Satan put a question mark after God's period. Because God said, you must not eat from any tree in the garden, period. Satan said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Question mark. And Eve probably like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Because imagine knowing something your whole life and then something immediately questions who you are. And Satan tells her, for, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. And Satan will attack your identity. Because no matter how much you think you know about God. Or like, oh yeah, I know God. He's going to make you forget who you are. The enemy wants to confuse you so much of who you are. So you cannot figure out who God is. That is, that is the enemy is like. A, a diabolical plan is to separate us from from Christ and he does that by confusing us with who we are and we know that because he did that to Eve instantly did God really say well when you eat from this your eyes will be open and you will be like God Eve was already like God she was already like God 
and he's questioning her. You see that? It honestly makes me sick talking about this because I see this repetitive tactic with the enemy and how he lures us into this, oh, this is who I call you to be. And oh, you sure you should get that job? Are you sure you should uh, be in that new friendship? You sure you should go to that new church? You sure you want to quit doing this? You sure you want to break up with him? Like, it's like, you sure, you sure where God kept it plain, cut and simple. Girl, stop. And the enemy just come in like, looking familiar because we know that the enemy just isn't like a scary man with horns and a pitchfork like no I feel like the enemy just looks completely regular and uh another observation I made about the 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 garden and how Satan approached uh Eve is that before the acts of obedience? Whoa, let me restart. Before the acts of obedience, there was a conversation without God. God was not there when she was talking to the serpent. God was not there when she was talking to the serpent. When she was talking to Satan, because he said, "Did God really say?" So immediately, we we realize when I'm gonna. I'm in a conversation and God isn't present. Truth can't be there. And that's why it leads to disobedience. Because the truth left. So, in this conversation that that Eve is having with Satan, God is not present. And it led her to disobey. Because the truth was not there. And that's not God's fault. That's not God's fault at all. We just, we just see how when we make these decisions and when we listen to, to things that God has called over us, when we don't listen to those things, we don't bring him in it. And Satan approaches us with the intent of being deceiving. He wants to deceive us. That's the whole point. Bro, bro wants to lie to us. Bro wants to do anything to kill, steal, and destroy our relationship with God in any way, in any form possible. And we recognize that Satan plants the seed. Satan plants the seed of suggestion so we could fall into disobedience. He just suggested, did God really say... She's like, huh, she's just known God her whole life. So when she hears something different, she's like, oh, wait, this is not something I've heard. Like, imagine that. Imagine knowing something your whole life and immediately just like, no, are you sure about that? And you're kind of like, you know, I didn't even think about that. When you when you understand who God calls you to be, You'll understand how uh, how Satan just wants to come in and just meow, 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 just snip up everything you got coming with God. And uh, I noticed this tactic um, being used in my life, but how how to fight against it is inviting God everywhere. It's to be one with Christ. 
is okay, God, I'm, I'm bringing you into this. Or even just like, um, being an influencer. I've been an influencer for years, y'all. I've been doing this social media stuff for about five years now. That is a long time since I was in high school. And, um, people always was trying to tell me who I was. Oh, you're this and you talk like that and you dress like that. I don't like you. You're not that cute. You're tall. You're skinny. You look anorexic. You look this. You should kill yourself. That was a huge jump, but people did tell me that. Um, and I identified myself with it. Not once did I bring any of that to God and said, is any of this true? Never. Immediately I'd hurt. I'd hear what someone said about me. I was like, I am an anorexic white woman. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I, we, we identify ourselves with what other people tell us, but not once did I bring it to God. We see that with Eve in the garden. Like, she didn't run and tell God, God, there's this, like, know the tree you told us not to eat from? Well, there was this, this serpent on it that was speaking to us. And, and, the, and the serpent said that uh, when I eat from the fruit, that, that I will have the same knowledge as you and I would be like you and, and that, uh, that you don't want us to be like you. That never happened. Eve heard that from the serpent and she went okay (laughs) like she literally Satan was like well if you eat from this you'll become like God she was like really okay she did not take what she learned and brought it back to God so I encourage you guys when ever you are told by other people who you should be and how you should act and what job you should do, whatever it is, take it to the Lord because he's the one who identifies you. He's the one that calls you according to his purpose. That is the Lord's job. No one else's. And just the one liner that I'm leaving this, this message off of is if you don't know who you are, run to God because you are made in his image. You can't find that. You can't find that identity anywhere else. You can't. It's literally impossible. You can literally not find a source of identity from anything else that's not your creator. You are called. You are chosen. You are a child. And if you want to make that decision, if if you are finally ready to accepts God, if you're ready to identify with him, if you're ready to just have him lead you in all your aspects of life, if you're just ready to, to be one with him, to be with him first, not just so you can know what to do, because we know that that's a byproduct, but to first be with him. If, if that's the decision you're making today, I, I feel more than honored to pray for you right now. And we can pray together. No matter uh, where you're watching this from, there, there's people who watch me in South Africa. I actually have a reach like, I don't know why, y'all in South Africa, I love y'all so, so much. And I'm so blessed to hear that some of you have been saved um, through this podcast in South Africa. So just thank God. But it's just a further testimony that no matter how far you are, that us brothers and sisters, we always going to be close. This is this a small little circle. Okay, y'all.
It's a big one, but a small one. It's intimate. But if if you're wanting to make that decision today of, I want to commit my life to the Lord. I'm tired of identifying myself with my sin, with my experiences. I don't want to identify with my problems. I don't want to identify with my struggles or what someone did to me. I want to identify with the one who has called me to be. I would just invite you to pray with me right now, if that's you. If it's not you, I just pray that, uh, or I would invite you also into this prayer that we could pray for these people who are choosing to make this decision and uh, even to the people who aren't as well, that you just carry this message wherever you go, just to bring in the fish and God will separate the fish. Okay, let's pray. Uh, Dear Lord, I just pray for this individual who is in a position to just love you and to choose you just as you have already chosen us, God. God, we know that uh, you call us by name, that you uh, you have plans and uh, plans for us when we're even in our mother's womb, that we are important to you, that you enjoy us, that you hear us. Someone needs to hear that, that, that God hears you, that God sees you, you are seen, you are heard, you are valued. Every cry, he is there. Every tear, he is there. Every ounce of anger, he is there. And the same tears and the same laughs of joy are, are the same things that Jesus died on the cross for. God, to know that you thought of our face. On a personal note, that you thought of my face, Lord. That you thought of my transgressions. That you thought of my life when you were on that cross and you died for me. What more could I do to return the favor except for to give my life back to you, God? You are everything I've ever wanted. I invite you to be my father, my king, my friend, my spouse, my everything, my brother, my sister. Whatever hole that is empty in my life, I just pray that all these things that I try to suppress my, what's the word, my my places that I lack in. I, I try to suppress it with things that will never be satisfying. I, I just know that you're always over-satisfying. That you're not just satisfying, you're overly satisfying. God, I just accept you into my life. Always and every day. Be the leader that you are meant to be. Be my father. Be my king. Be my friend. Thank you for sending your son to to die for something that I deserved. I, I was supposed to be on that cross, but Lord, he went up and died for me as a perfect man, when I'm imperfect. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's like a different, I don't know, like, woo in the room, I feel like. I feel very loved by God right now. I don't know how to explain that. I just feel very, like, hugged. I, I, I'm so blessed I'm so blessed just how God's been moving through this podcast and how he's been reaching you guys and how he's been unifying us as 
a body, just glorifying him and giving him all the glory and letting him shine. I, I'm eternally blessed by by God and knowing him has changed my life. I'm gonna try my best not to cry. He's by far the best thing that's ever happened to me. And to even share that with you guys, I'm beyond honored and um for my brothers and sisters that listen to me and sympathize with me and hear me and listen to what God has to say, like thank you. Thank you. I I feel I just feel so blessed that God hears me and his people hear me. And and same thing that I hear you guys and I see you guys. I'm just so eternally blessed for for everything and I know God's only going to go up from here and you guys are going to be witnesses to that and it's going to be crazy. So, uh Yeah. Just praise God every day. I think Easter just got me really emotional. Just kind of hit me like like dang, like I had someone die for me. It's really special. It's really important. Um, on a closing note, uh, cause I'm gonna close out right now. A number of things. If you feel led to, uh, give to this ministry, you do not have to, um, it, prayers are just as, uh, appreciated, please. Um, but I do have a link in my YouTube and also in my link tree in my Instagram. Uh, it takes you, I don't know how to do another like payment option. I'm trying to figure it out. It's only a, a cash app that I have open and it's for this ministry specifically. Uh, it's not any personal funding. It's all goes straight towards this ministry. Um, so if you feel led to tithe and feel led to give, uh, the link is, uh, below in my YouTube, this video that you're watching, or if you're listening on podcasts, it's in my Instagram, um, bio in my link tree. My Instagram is save not soft podcast. Um, and yeah, like how I said, prayers are just as appreciated. I feel like I need prayer more than anything. So, uh, if we could just pray for a girl, please, that'd be great. Um, also, if you have gotten saved um, from one of my episodes or even this episode, there is a Google Forms document in my uh, in my link tree slash YouTube comments as or description as well. Um, everything that I'm going to say right now, link wise, is going to be either in the YouTube just description or in the link tree. Uh, and there's Google forms where you just fill out your name, um, and what you need prayer for. So I could be praying for you guys. Also, if you just need prayer requests, period, I have a separate Google forms that says I need prayer, uh, where you guys can send your, uh, prayer requests and, uh, we could pray for you. Also, um, kind of want to know what you guys think about this. Let me know on Instagram. You can DM me, whatever. If I did like, I don't know, like once a week, once every two weeks, um, like an Instagram live or something, uh, to where we could all pray together. Um, I I don't know. It's kind of on my heart. I'm still praying about it, but if that's something that sounds intriguing, let me know. Uh, but yeah, I'm so blessed to, um, be here with you guys and to, uh, allow God to minister to you. Like I'm learning just as much. I I feel like whenever I quote unquote preach, I'm preaching to a mirror because, the same things that I'm hearing and the same things I'm saying is stuff that I need to hear too. And that's all I know. It's just God operating and I'm, I'm blessed to just be a vessel. I'm just blessed to be. I love you guys so much. Have a great rest of the week and the week after. Uh, and I will see you not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after, but yeah, have a great next two weeks. Love y'all. Bye.